It is really, really good to be here with you this morning on this first Sunday of Advent, where we are reflecting on hope, even as the nights are getting longer and we're entering the darkest time of the year. And in our text for today, Jesus describes what it may feel like when we enter times that are dark and fearful and foreboding. He describes what it feels like to be in chaos of uncertainty, to undergo perhaps a sudden change or loss or unraveling. And he says in these times, we may find that our inner safety, our security feels shaken. And he offers us this helpful way to think about what that might mean and where we might find hope to hold on to when the shaking process feels like too much. So perhaps a place for us to begin might be this. Uh, Allow your mind to float back to a time when perhaps you remember feeling a bit shaken up inside, or maybe we're still feeling that even now today. Uh, Maybe you have undergone, like many of us, a distressing life transition, like so many that we faced these past couple of years, or perhaps a sudden loss that tossed you into chaos. Or perhaps you are still feeling kind of stunned by the aftershocks of that today, like the ground hasn't yet steadied beneath you, and maybe you're grasping for something solid to hold on to. I think... Many of us can relate to what that feels like on a personal level and also on a collective level. And uh, like many of us, you may have been following the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, uh, which for a lot of us has reflected to us the shadow sides of systems we've been a part of, systems that were harmful and needed shaking up and that thankfully are being put under a microscope now. And when we look back on this time in the life of the larger church, we may end up seeing it as a season where things were being shaken. And one gift that Jesus offers us is the notion that when things are being shaken in us and around us, the core of that process is a hopeful one. Uh, A helpful image for us might be like a campfire, where if the logs are stacked too tightly, there's not room for the oxygen to flow and keep the fire lit. And so for the embers to come alive again, the logs need to be shaken. But the shaking process can feel stressful and distressing, regardless of how necessary it might be. And so our text today offers us the hope that being shaken can be an essential part of us becoming who we're becoming From time to time, things in us and around us need to be shaken loose to make room for fresh oxygen to flow, the breath of the spirit unimpeded, which is essential for our healing and growth and maturing. So the question I'm inviting us into today is this. When things are being shaken in us and around us, what's helpful for us to keep in mind and remember? What practices help us endure that shaking process? And how can we help one another to hold on to hope when the shaking feels like too much? So with those questions in mind, let's listen to Jesus' words here in Luke chapter 21. He's giving his listeners a warning of hard and dark times to come. He mentions wars and insurrections. He speaks about earthquakes and storms. 
He talks about persecutions and people being forced out of their homes. And then he says this, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. And people will faint from fear and foreboding of what's coming upon the world, for the power of the heavens will be shaken. So we might hear this as Jesus offering us perspective on what's taking place when we encounter hard times that are fearful and foreboding. The powers of heavens are being shaken. So in Greek, this word power almost always refers to the power of God made visible here on earth. Sometimes it's translated as the power to perform miracles or the power of healing or the power that Jesus told his friends they would receive when the Holy Spirit came upon them. So we might imagine the powers of heaven are powers entrusted to us, human beings, the church, the body of Christ. It's the power to embody God's presence here on earth for one another. So what might it mean for that power in us then to be shaken? So we're fortunate there's an author of another book in the New Testament, Hebrews, that offers us a helpful clue about this phrase. And here's what we read in Hebrews. God has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. And this phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of what is being shaken so that what cannot be shaken is what will remain. So the removal of what is being shaken created things, things we humans create and invent with our own limited power and our own limited insight. That's what's being removed. So that what cannot be shaken What's of God, what we humans would not have imagined to create or invent on our own, that's what will remain. So if it's helpful, we might picture like grain being shaken up in a basket so that the hard outer shell, the part that's dead, inedible, that lacks, lacks nutrients, is being removed. And what remains is the part that's alive and nourishing. So holding that image in mind, I'll invite us, if you're willing, Take a deep breath with me. If it's helpful, you might close your eyes. And turn your attention inward where you might listen to yourself in the spirit. And just consider what is being shaken in you and around you this Advent season. What's being removed from us, perhaps because it no longer serves us, individually or collectively as a church, as the body of Christ? And what do we imagine will remain after? That which will have turned out to be essential for our healing, growth, and maturing. That which is of God, alive and nourishing, and which cannot be shaken. All right, when you're ready, we'll come back together. And let's look as our text goes on to say something important, I think, about where we can draw comfort when the shaking process feels frightening and distressing. So Jesus offers us this image. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So notice we have this image of the shaking process, shaking loose and removing from us that which is dead, 
leaving only what is essential for our healing, growth, and maturing. But the process itself can feel frightening and distressing, like seeds being tossed in a basket. And now we're offered this image of the Son of Man, Christ, coming to us in a cloud with a different kind of power. So what do we imagine it looks like for us to receive Christ coming in a cloud? Scripture often gives us the image of a cloud when referring to people, groups of humans, gathered together like droplets of water, like a mist or a cloud of witnesses. And I think there's something helpful for us here to remember, that we may often be craning our necks looking for Jesus in the sky. Meanwhile, Christ is already here in the flesh, embodied in us whenever we're gathered together in love. So what if we are the cloud Christ is coming on. Last year when I was shaken by sudden loss, this community embodied Christ for me in some really tangible ways. And in one powerful example last February, a few close friends gathered on Rachel and Waylon's back porch for a grief ritual. And Sam Lee helped lead us through various movements of sadness and anger and hope and light and thanksgiving. And we buried and burned and let go of things that were being shaken loose. And I will always look back on that experience as a time when God's presence felt tangible and near, embodied in this cloud of friends. It's really stunning how we human beings are entrusted with the power to be that for one another, Christ in the flesh. And earlier this month, several of you came out to Vesper on a Wednesday night to participate in a Vox Grief Memorial. And huge thanks to Gina and Lena and others who helped put that together. It was quite impactful, and we have some images here. Uh, This is the ofrenda, the altar, where a photo of our dear Becky was one of the first offerings. And the night of this grief memorial here at Vesper, it offered us a powerful opportunity to pray together, to journal, to listen to music, to bury and reflect and grieve together. Privately and in community, the countless ways we've been shaken this past year, and to just know and see that we're not alone in that grief. It's been said that white America in particular is a grief illiterate culture. And in the words of one author, On some level, we're waiting for the village to appear so we can fully acknowledge our sorrows. So imagine the feeling of relief that would flood our whole being if we knew that when we were in the grip of sorrow or illness, our village would respond to our need. And this would not be out of pity, but out of realization that each of us will take our turn being in need. And by renewing the bonds of belonging, we support our ability to remain healthy and whole. What if by learning to grieve together, we're learning to become the village to one another in increasingly more tangible ways? And then perhaps we will see the Son of Man, Christ, coming in a cloud in us, the body of Christ, with power to make God's presence more tangibly known and felt here on earth for one another. So friends, when things are being shaken loose in us and around us, how can we help one another hold on to hope when that shaking process just feels like too much? Let's keep that question in mind as we look at how our text wraps up with Jesus saying this. 
Now, when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. So in a moment, I hope to offer us a helpful way to think about this word redemption. But first, we might find it helpful to just zoom out and consider this entire passage as a whole and notice the movement woven here through Jesus' words. People will faint. Then they will see. Now stand up and raise your heads. When I listen to these words, they sound to me like a dance, a falling to the ground, a letting go, a looking around, seeing that your village surrounds you, a standing up, lifting your heads, seeing that your redemption is drawing near. This word redemption can mean a lot of different things. It holds the sense of God like getting us back, freeing us from what distresses or harms or holds us captive, extricating and helping us overcome something detrimental, releasing, freeing, changing us for the better, repairing and restoring what is broken. So if that is redemption, if that's what we can hope for that could come from the shaking What does the practice of preparing ourselves to receive that hope look like? I think Jesus is offering us a clue in these words. Stand up. Raise your heads. And friends, that's it. (laughs) In other words, the work is largely not done by us. We simply endure the shaking and practice being the village for one another and help each other hold on to hope. And in time, we may find that what we needed all along for our growth, healing, and maturing is mysteriously drawing near to us. And our part in the whole thing is actually very small. As Weller puts it, our primary work is to make ourselves receptive. The organ of receiving is the human heart, and it's here that we feel the deep, ache of loss, the bittersweet reminders of all that we love, the piercing artifacts of betrayal, and the sheer truth of impermanence. And then he goes on to say this, and I want us to really hear this. Hundreds of times I've heard how fearful people are of dropping into the well of grief. A most frequent comment is, if I go there, I'll never return. And what I found myself saying was, if you don't go there, you'll never return. So Vox, I think it's very hopeful that we have chosen as a community to go there in dozens of ways this season. We have been shaken and we have grieved. What now are we hoping will come from that shaking process? What are we hoping redemption will look like for us this Advent season? I'd like to leave us with one final thought. For some of us, I know that the degree to which we've been shaken externally in our lives or privately on the inside has felt so drastic. We may feel broken, irreparably even. And if that's you this morning, I want to offer you companionship in that intensity. May you find 
that what feels impossibly cracked by the severity of your own shaking process is being made whole once more through golden joinery so that what cannot be shaken is what will remain. And what remains is reflective of the healing power of God entrusted to us, human beings, the body of Christ, so that we may find in this Advent season the hope which we are tempted to look for in the sky is already here among us. Loving God who shakes the heavens and rattles the interior of our hearts, may our fears be softened by the hope of your nearness, which inspires us to draw near to one another. In the name of God who shakes us loose, Christ who redeems us, and the Spirit who heals our broken places. Amen.